This is the Texas High School Football Game Day Podcast with Christopher Like. To connect with the show, send us an email to gameday at txhsfbgameday.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at txhsfbgameday. Welcome to the Texas High School Football Game Day Podcast. My name is Chris Clark. Coming up in a couple of minutes, we'll be chatting with Coach Sean Riley, who was recently named the new head football coach of the Flower Mound Coimdale Lions, who are in TAP Division II. Uh, so if you've listened to the first two episodes of the podcast with Ty James and Austin Flynn, you may have noticed some bad audio on my end. Uh, hopefully the sound quality is better for you with, with, with the start of this episode. Uh We've gotten some new equipment, so that should fix some of the issues. However, it still exists in the interview with Coach Sean Riley. So every every episode from this point forward will have better audio for you, uh, on my end at least. Uh, to now to address what happened to the to the Jason hearing episode, um, we had some te- technical mishaps. I was pretty sure they. I was putting the show together, all the files were in place, except one thing. The file that the interview was curtailing, that had the interview was curtailing, somehow wound up being overwritten by the software we, that we use. Um, and I will admit, I am very upset about it, but it is what it is, and from this point forward, uh, we'll be taking uh, steps to prevent that from, from happening again. Uh, we'll definitely have Jason Hearing on in the future, but again, there's not much we can do about it, so uh, hopefully we can get him back on here in the near future. Um, we're now available on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, Breaker, and Radio Public. So uh, don't forget YouTube as well, uh, as well as txhsfbgameday.com. Uh, we're working to get on other platforms, so if we're not on there yet, uh, Please be patient. We'll get, get there as soon as we can. So, uh, check in. And don't forget to check our social media at TXHSFB Game Day on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, check those. Uh, let us know what you think. We'll give us some feedback and give us a positive rating. Every, every little bit helps, and none of this would be possible without you, the listener. And we certainly appreciate it. Uh, and by the way, you can now call in to the show uh, if you have any questions and suggestions. Ask us anything Texas High School football related, and we'll do our best to answer them as, uh, and answer your questions. And they might even be used on a future podcast. Go to anchor.fm backslash TXHSFBGameDay to call in. That is anchor.fm.txhsfbgameday. Um, one other thing I do want to bring up uh, from time to time, we'll have some short versions of the podcast. Uh, some quick, these will be quick tidbits from teams, of teams, breaking news, and other items like may come up, including small samples of the interviews that we have already done or will air in the near future. So uh, look for those shorter versions to start popping up in the next few days. Uh, look forward to that. Uh, but for now, here is Coach Sean Riley, the new head football coach of the Flower Mound Corps the Alliance. All right, at the, at the top, I mentioned we have Coach Sean Riley with us from the uh, brand new head coach for Flower Mound Coimbatore. Uh, 
Coach Riley, um, you, you got to be coaching job earlier this week. What was that process like trying to get that coaching job? Well, the process was on my end was you know, pretty minimal. You know, I got word that there was going to be an opening. Whenever it became available, I put my name into the hat for it, so to speak. Went through the you know application process, you know those ty- types of things. Then had an initial um, kind of phone interview. Uh, apparently, they had a, a lot of applicants because it's a fantastic school. And then uh, narrowed me down to the final four. And then that final four met with a, um, a an elaborate extensive, very qualified hiring committee. So it was only six people. They're very, very qualified. Um, and I had said this before I even got the job that and whenever I put a hiring committee together, it will be just like that. So I went through that process, was able to do a short little presentation, then, you know, answered the questions and vision questions and, you know, all the the questions and concerns that come up for the next leader, you know, of these young men. And left the room and wasn't sure if I had the job or not. <laughs> and then uh, th- the next day I got the call and I was obviously very, very excited to to be blessed with such an opportunity. Well, you, you came from Trinity, Trinity uh, Academy of Cedar Hill. Uh, you won a couple of state championships there. Um, what, what was the experience like coaching in those state championship uh in the championship at the at the level with with Trinity. At Trinity, oh man, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, there was it was one of the the times in my life where I switched from the corporate world. You know, I was in the corporate world for a while, and I was coaching. You know, like a lot of coaches in Taps, just getting there. You know, three three thirty. I did that for a long time, and when I finally went all in, I mean, the kids there are fantastic. They've all got goals, dreams, and aspirations, and you know, being able to build a culture, several different cultures, being able to be a part of some, you know, phenomenal coaches, and you know, a good administration, and just being able to to pour into the kids and them being so willing to listen to every word you said, because all of us had been where they were trying to go, and we knew how to get them there. And we didn't focus, contrary to what a lot of people will say, we didn't focus nearly as much on wins and losses as as you would think. Ours was all about getting them to and through college, preparing them for college, making practice rigorous so they could handle a college practice, you know, keeping them engaged in the classroom because they're going to be a little bit more independent when they get to college. So I absolutely loved that experience. What kind of program are you inheriting at Blind Mountain Corn For those that are not familiar with Coram Deo, what kind of football program are they? Well, Coram Deo is one of the, and I don't know if this is a bold claim, but it's one of the faster growing private schools. It's a university model school, so not to get too um, caught up in the in the curriculum side of it, but the, the academic rigor is real high. The um, athletic program is not as aged as, as some of the other athletic programs in TAPS, um, but they have They've come along. They've been competing in TAPS Division Three for, I think, as long as they've been in existence. And this will be their first year that they move up to TAPS Division Two. 
and I'm replacing someone who did a really good job over the last several years of really building a foundation of excellence, you know, spirituality, and, you know, just being able to give it a little bit more than you want to give out on the football field. So they'll be coming out of Division Three as a fairly successful program, moving into Division Two, where it'll be the, the competition level obviously rises. And uh, we'll have to, you know, make sure that we can respond to that. Now, I noticed TAPS, uh, you mentioned the TAP Division Two. they just had their realignment earlier in the fall. When when you look at that realignment, what was your reaction when they kind of split the divisions up and how and and the cross division split up on, on some of the classifications? My reaction initially when I saw it, I was still you know a college coach here at a Southwestern Assemblies of God University, so we recruit taps pretty heavily. My first reaction was, and the people who don't have to go to Tyler are going to be really happy. I spent a lot of time in in the district at Trinity where we were going to Tyler. If you coached on JV and varsity, you're going to Tyler, you know, guaranteed once or twice a month. And then, you know, so that was tough. So as soon as I saw it, of course, I looked at the divisions that, that I competed with. So I looked at, you know, Division One, which is what we're in now at Dale, and I looked at Division Two, which is where Trinity used to be. And I saw Bishop Dunn drop in there, and I saw another school or two that I – that I wasn't familiar with, but I, my attention quickly flipped over to division one where a, a really good friend of mine who used to coach with me is in that district. He's the head coach at Fort Worth Christian and that's Jared Hudgens. So as soon as I saw that, I'm like, okay. And then grapevine faith, you know, Southwest Christian Frisco legacy, just seeing the, the names I've seen before and, and coaches I've competed against before, um, as a as the new head coach at Cormdale, I got excited, but I also know the competition level is up there, and you know all roads are going to lead through. I believe um, Division One. A lot of people don't know about you uh, that you were a kicker, uh, and training with several NFL teams, and 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 and, and played in the indoor football league. Talk about that playing experience in the indoor league. Well, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people will find that out, as you can see. Um, man, playing in the indoor league, the number one thing, and and this will be odd, is the connections that I made. Um, the offensive coordinator for the University of Kansas, his name's Brent Deerman. He was my quarterback and roommate for a short stint when we were um, on the San Angelo Stampede Express together. And we're still talking today. There's still a bond there. Uh, one of my coaches was Sonny Cumby uh, for a brief stint in 2009. He's the offensive coordinator at TCU. Um, my last head coach was Clint Dozell, and he's still in, you know, in the arena ball world, you know, um, as a head coach, and he's been real successful as a player and as a kicker. It was hard. Um, you know, goalposts aren't very far apart, you know. They're about half the size of a of an NFL goalpost. They're about nine feet. A lot of people, a lot of fans, a lot of pressure, and I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. it some of the funnest times I've ever had as a player was being in, in an arena with five to fifteen thousand fans. And sometimes they're not real happy that you're there. Uh, when 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 you're kicking in the indoor league, you have that narrow space to, uh, of 
trying to kick it in, in the, that area. Uh, the accuracy you have to use spot on. What did that teach you as a kicker when you when you're trying to aim at that very small window? Well, it's kind of a people are using it as a cliche now. It's a popular movie quote, but it was what I did was aim small, miss small. So what I decided if the goalposts were nine feet, I would train on a three foot wide goalpost. So I would do all my kicks, all my training, everything was preparing on a three foot wide goalpost. So when I got out on the field, the nine foot wide goalpost looked big. And then that's honestly how I made it. I, I just simply aim small, miss small. And to be honest with you, that nine foot goalpost looked a lot bigger than the three foot wide goalpost. Yeah, and when you look at the uh, XFL this, these days, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch some of those games. You'll notice uh, that some of the kickers are having the is a more accurate kicking league than than you can see in college in the NFL today. Explain the difference between the XFL kicking style and the uh, the say, say NFL or college. Okay. Well, I've seen just about every XFL game, and um, I'm a season ticket holder for the Dallas Renegades. And as a kicker and a coach, I sit right behind the goalpost. So I get my coach's cam view, my all-22, you know, where I can see everybody. And um, we get there early. Me and my two sons that are that are still with me, we go get in there early. And, I, you know, I watch the kickers warm up. The difference, obviously the kickoff is a glaring difference. Um, but the kicker on the kickoff in the XFL – is not going to be able to use his strength to just muscle the ball out of the back of the end zone and let's bring it out, you know, to the 25. What he's got to do is he's got to place that ball now. And he's got to get a little bit of backspin on it, and it's got to be inside. They're all getting it right around inside the 10. And they want the returner to, if he catches it, they want him to have to move around to get it. So it's a lot of directional strategies and if they can get it to go away from the returner and roll into the end zone it comes out to the 15 so it's a touchback but that touchback comes out to the 15 if he just lines up and blasts it out of the end zone it comes all the way out to the 35 if he kicks it out of bounds it comes all the way out to the 45 so the kicker, you're right, not only has to be more accurate, he's got to have a lot more tools in his belt because he can't just use muscle. Um, in the NFL level, which, you know, when I did kickoffs at the in the outdoor world, you just got to line up and just blast it. You know, just blast it out of the back of the end zone and be done. Um, in college, at each level is different, but at the NAIA level where I'm, you know, been, um, it's a lot more like the XFL as far as where you're going to place the ball got to have a little bit of strategy behind it and you know that's basically what i would tell you the differences are from 2005 till 2008 uh, you were train you were in anthro training camp with the bears Texans, and the Packers. uh what was the experience like in participating in, in training camp with, uh, amongst all those nfl players well mine was brief so <laughs> Um, I don't even know if you could, you know, consider it an experience. You know, I think I think now what they call those now are extended workouts. You know, um, I mean, nervous, excited. Nobody really knows you're there. I don't know if they care you're there. Um, you're a long shot. You just hope that somebody, 
you know, you can impress somebody, um, you know, never really thought that, um, I was their guy, you know, but I just tried to, to soak it up. But again, you know, back then it was more of a extended tryout, nothing like what, what you see today where the guys go in there, get all the gear, you know, get to be in there for five or six, seven days of a tryout and, you know, nothing like that. And and that may be just because it was for kicking. It was to me more of a workout, not a lot of, you know, we, in 2005, we were around, you know, Cedric Benson, you know, and, and some of the guys, Devin Hester, you got to see them. Um, and that's the year that they went on to the Super Bowl with Robbie Gold as the kicker. You got to see them, but they didn't know who you were, nor I'm not sure that they cared. Um, but being there was, was pretty exciting. And I don't know that too many people would even remember, you know, if anybody walked through that door, you know, that was a kicker like I was. Now, uh, you, you played high school football in Florida, uh, at St. Cloud in the K- New Kissimmee. Um, That's right, yeah. Talk about your experience to play high, high school. And, and I noticed through your stats, you had the highest percentage of kickoff inside the 20 for, the, for your school. Yeah, well, high school football for me was a little different. I was a soccer player. Um, the old prototypical story, you know, um, I could kick the ball really far. I was on the soccer team, and the coach needed someone to come out and kick the ball really far. So they picked me, and I kicked the ball really far. I didn't have any training. There wasn't coaches back then. There wasn't anyone to train you. So I watched TV. You know, when there was a game on, an NFL game on, I watched what the kickers did. So I did what they did. Um, kicking off inside the 20, our coach back then wanted a real high kickoff that landed inside the five, and that would give our coverage team a time, you know, a chance to go down there and, and get it. Of course, at the time, I I really didn't know. I just, if he said kick it inside the five, I kicked it inside the five. If he said kick it to the left, I did everything I could to kick it to the left. Um, but Florida football was an amazing experience to play in. And then coaching in Texas high school football is, is, is definitely different. It's definitely bigger in Texas. And um, it's, it's definitely a lot more sophisticated now than it was when I was, you know, in high school. Welcome to John Riley, the new head coach for, for Farm Mountain Clamdale. Uh, John, uh, when you look back at, at all these kickers and, and, and all the experience, you've been through what are you going to gain the what are you going to bring the most to that experience to around Columbia that's a that's a great question and and I want to take this time to use this this uh, you know moment to explain to anybody out there that's a kicker um, that wants to get into coaching it is a lot harder for us and because we weren't quarterbacks, we weren't linebackers and linemen, it's a lot harder for us. But as a special teams coach, which is where I started, you have to understand a kicker, especially when you've kicked for a long time, has had the best view of return schemes, kickoff coverage, every possible scheme that's out there. We've had the best view, and we know the difference. And a lot of people can't communicate with kickers the same language and so in the in the college level it was huge for me 
to be able to put some schemes together that they worked in high school, but I wasn't sure if they'd work in college and they worked. And the idea that, you know, we let everyone know is the kickers. We've, we've seen it, you know, we've seen the way this whole thing works and we're the only ones that can actually talk to the guy that's probably at the end of the season going to have won or lost you some games. How will that translate to Coram Deo is just all this experience that I've gained over all the years between high school and college and, and in the pros, all of that experience is going to funnel down into them to teach them the do's and don'ts, to help them all you know, understand that even the underdog can make it. Now, uh, when you're looking, what kind of offense are you going to be running at Cornbell? And what kind of defense are you going to be running for in there? I know it's kind of difficult for a kicker to learn the offenses and defenses. How has that process been? Well, fortunately um, for me, I'm a student of the game. So um, I've, I've learned a lot from, from my current coach, uh, Ryan Smith. Um, he's a, a phenomenal offensive guy. Um, he's taught me an enormous amount. This year I got to, to be an offensive consultant the year before that, I was a defensive backs coach. And what that's just allowed me to do is, is I've developed a style and a, and a concept that I like. As far as what we're going to do at Quorum Deo, we're still finalizing those puzzle pieces on the staff. Um, I've played in um, offenses that were, you know, ball control offenses, real slow. You know, we call three yards in a cloud of dust. And I've, I've coached in pro-style offenses, and I've coached and opened up air raid offenses. Um, I've been a part of coaching defensives that are real stingy. You know, my first year at SAGU, um, our defensive backs were in the top two or three, I believe, in interceptions. Um, massive, massive increase. And we just changed a couple of mental things for them to get those. So even though, you know, I've seen the game from, from one side as a player, as a coach, I've really been a student of the game to, to try to help because I knew the day would come when I'd be a head coach. So I can't really tell you what style we're going to run until I put those final pieces of the puzzle together um, offensively and defensively. But what you will notice, you will notice the stamp that I put on the program will be discipline. Not that they don't have it. They're very disciplined, but there'll be a, a, a very noticeable difference um, in a high school football game with the discipline from the second we walk out to the second we walk off. Yeah, and, uh, uh, along with some of your coaching uh, experiences, you have you're also part of the Blue Gray All American Football Bowl, uh, uh, bowl game. Uh, talk about the Blue Gray All Star game and, and and coaching those kids from all all across the country that are going into the college level. Well, that has been an amazing experience for me that I give all the thanks to George Teague. And that's the George Teague, you know, the defender of the star, um, former Dallas Cowboy. I mean, he, he is a dear, dear friend and mentor of mine. And he got me in to the Blue-Gray games as a special teams coordinator. And it is the one chance that you have to where to find out if your scheme works without repetition. And if your scheme works without culture, because you get these guys for two practices and then they play a game. 
in those two practices, the special team side of it, we're looking at 10 to 15 minutes a day. So 30 minutes in two days to put all your schemes in and they have to buy in. But I will tell you what, the talent level of the kids that we get is amazing. And the character of a lot of these kids that I work with that come in is amazing. And it's great to just kind of test your scheme out. Wow. I, I took two minutes on that and you know, they took the kick return past the 40. Oh, all right. Maybe it is going to work, <laughs> you know, so it's just kids believing in you and you believing in them and, you know, preaching a message to them about what's going to happen when they get to college, keeping them prepared and doing anything you can to give them any nuggets of wisdom, you know, before they move on to most of them move on to really big colleges. Yeah, what, uh, you, you, you were in Navy for a few years. Talk about your experience at Navy and what that, what, what that taught you as a person. Well, I'm third generation military. So that's, I mean, that's what I am. My oldest son is, is a Marine right now and he's, you know, serving over overseas and just my experiences. I grew up with, a, you know, a dad and a mom who are in Vietnam and they're, you know, my dad's dad was, you know, in the wars and spent 30 years in the army. So for me, it was just something that's just what we do. We're going to serve our country. We're going to grow up. We're going to learn, you know, discipline, attention to detail. We're going to learn what the United States of America means, you know, and we're going to defend it and we're going to defend our flag and we're going to come home and we're going to stand proud as veterans. And we're a giant community that stays strong together and teaching the kids what we've learned helps them understand that if, if you pay attention to the most minute detail and you trust your process, you'll be successful. And that goes all the way back to the military. Because if you just take one shortcut in the military, it could be detrimental. Back with Sean, uh, Sean Riley, uh, head coach at Flower Mountain Farmdale. Thanks a lot, Sean. Once again, thank to Sean Riley for joining us, and we wish him nothing but the best in the 2020 season as he begins his adventure as a head football coach with the Cal Flower Mountain Quarimdale Alliance. Um, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms at TXHSFB Game Day, and we should be getting, adding more content coming daily in the next few days here on Texas High School Football Game Day. Uh, that's all for now, and... Thanks for listening to the Texas High School Football Game Day Podcast with Christopher Like. Connect with the show by sending us an email to gameday at txhsfbgameday.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at txhsfbgameday.